This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. This is the Valiant Center Podcast. We are on episode 135. I'm Martin. He's Paul. We're here to talk shit about people who are not in Twitch chat right now and including people that are on Twitch chat. Is this a special stripper episode? Well, yes, it is. I'm glad you asked. Uh, that's why uh, I had to put Paul's picture on here and not his video. Uh, Paul is actually uh, completely nude at the moment. And uh, if we actually put that video up, uh, we'll get banned from Twitch. Because nobody wants to see that. Yeah, but we'll make so much money in so many other places. Not classy places, not but classy places. places. Oh, you know what we can do? We can do a tip jar. You get one item of clothing for what? One dollar. One dollar per item. No nudity. I figured out how to make a Twitch account. Dude, yes. Since we have video today, I can share uh, this this quality $3.50 bottle of wine that I'm drinking. <laughs> well, one of us has video because somebody was on time for prep. And it wasn't the person that was handling shit, so. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is, dude. I had it uh, last time we when we did the uh, the summit. I don't have any issue. Yeah, I'm in the same place, too. Open Bar does support VCP. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Duan. I appreciate that. I've got, uh, I've got my drink here for you. I'm not pouring one for the homies, though. His wife gets mad at him when he pours shit out on the floor in his office. There was, there was no porn in that folder. Let me look again. Maybe there was. <laughs> no, asshole. That's just sound effects. Go away. I wonder uh, if I play sound effects, if that shows up in the stream. Let me know if it shows up in the stream. Hang on. If I play this. Make America great again. Did you hear that, Paul? Nope. Yeah, I don't think you would hear it. Twitch chat, if you hear it, I want to know. I know it's going to show up on the recording. Uh, oh, yes, it shows up on, on the chat. Oh, oh, well. All right. Do I have a breaking news sound? Spark me, don't fail me now. Do I have a breaking news sound? Let's do this one. Breaking news. Yes. Jared Leto's going to be bloodshot, Paul. Is he going to be bloodshot, or did they just drop more rumors? Breaking rumors. <laughs> Something might happen. Do you, do you have a no sound proof. effect for breaking rumors? Come on, Sparky. Quit letting us down. Mm. Is Sparky in chat? Sparky's not in chat. Shame on you, Sparky. It is not a VCP variant, fucking Julian. It's a <laughs> database variant. That's why it's shitty. Uh, or a VCP variant would be fucking badass. I think it's funny that people were uh, congratulating me on that. I'm like, it's... I, I'm not the database. I'm the podcast. Like, I have nothing to do with that. Listen, here's the deal. If you want to congratulate anybody, the people you need to congratulate are like Justin and Dewan and JC and Ronnie and everybody else that was involved. You know what I mean? Yeah, all the rubes that paid for that shit. Yeah, like, you you didn't pay for anything. And it's they didn't even a, tell me about it. It's not a VCP thing. I didn't know about it until, like, well, depends who you ask. I mean, I kind of knew about it, what, like a month or two beforehand. 
Um, but then I was told about it like a week beforehand or a couple days beforehand. So with the quality of this podcast, the quality of the comic books we're giving away is going to match. So now the comic we're giving away is Death May Yellow, provided by Jonathan Sanchez. Oh, wait. I've got, some but, signed, I've got a signed copy of that. <laughs> we, we're going to have a 1,000 winners because Jonathan does have 2,000 copies of that book. Hang on. Let me, let me go see what's in the closet. Here, en- entertain somebody. I'll be right back. What's really creepy is Martin's video is way behind the audio I'm hearing. Are you there, Duan? Yes, sir. I have somebody to talk to, and Martin abandons me. This is fantastic. He quit you? He, I, I guess he went to get something in the closet, or he said he was going in the closet. I don't know. And he disappeared. He's like, he told me to entertain somebody by myself. Meanwhile, the only comments I have is, uh, is his brother wanting to see a naked picture of me peeing on Zenoscope books. I don't know what the fuck that is. Whoa, I thought Zenoscope was bad by itself. Do one, yeah, my brother. Piano's in. I brought one on because you just walked away and abandoned me. No, I went to get prizes here. Let's do this. I got uh, I got four things I, I can give out tonight. How about that? Because I don't feel like digging through the closet. My wife is apparently asleep. <laughs> okay. All right. Are they like Cracker Jack boxes with comic books in them? There are some of those. We'll do a tour one day. Oh. Here, a okay, book, okay, a, okay. A book that nobody nobody has. Okay, we're gonna start. We're gonna start small. We'll do. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll do this one. We'll do a right. Okay, got one of those. Ooh. Let's do. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's do one of these. We got. So uh, Dennis is asking what the rules are. I'm assuming he wants to know what the rules are for winning these prizes. The rules are if you showed up and comment, then you're in the, the drawing for the prizes. That's that's all it takes. Everybody's already commented. You're entered, and we're gonna do. Uh, we'll, we'll take all the names, write them in in order, and uh, do a random number generator to pick the winners. What is that? There's a wonderful glare on it, so you can't see anything, Martin. This is a oh yeah, it's a screen glare. Can't help that. This is a SC Comic Con exclusive uh, print, La Rosa and Reber, signed by La Rosa Reber and Venditti. And if you look closely in the screen glare, you can see all the porn Martin's watching while podcasting, which is why it's running True. like shit. It's true. And uh, let's do this one. This one is... Uh... Correct, Ronnie. That is very correct, Ronnie. What's Ronnie saying? Move that to the left. <laughs> all right. How about that? Is that better? Uh, there's a delay in, uh, in Twitch chat. This is a Bloodshot Reborn Emerald City Comic Con uh, exclusive... Signed by Mika Suyan. On a side note, uh, only the Valiant, when you listen to this, Sean, send me my damn prints. Because oh, I won their their contest. I said Mika. That's uh, Jeff Lemire. It's on there. And uh, I got to make sure this is not my personal copy. Hang on. Okay, good. <laughs> and then finally, there's uh, an Exo Man of War deluxe hardcover. Not my personal copy. My personal copy has a love letter inside that Robert and Diddy wrote me, and it's uh, it's pretty sweet. We held hands. And Dennis, of course, is providing a copy of VH1 Exo Man of War number one. So that is the fourth prize. We got th- you just showed three, right? Martin, two prints and the Exo hardcover. 
four in the in a gold in a gold book. Oh, I didn't see the gold one because the video delay is really weird. Yeah, yeah, delays. I think the delay is uh, five to ten seconds. I, I don't know for sure. Something like that. Yeah, I'm, I try not to look at you, but that's usually the case. You know what? Maybe maybe Skype doesn't like your ugly face. I wonder if I can add Dewan's face on here. Let's see. It's very ugly. Oh wait, do I have a picture of Dewan on here? Oh wait, no, Dewan's the mystery man. We can't put a picture of Dewan. Yeah. Now, I, well, I, you know, it's a long story. So I was listening to, uh, to your open bar, and I gotta say, <laughs> I gotta say, your your okay. your story about your wife. Reminds me of uh, Jack and his wife. Because I don't okay. know if you know this. We uh, we were recording Aftershock Central one day. And all of a sudden we hear, uh, Kutunk! You can ask Ronnie. Ronnie knows. Ronnie was there. You hear, Kutunk! And then you hear a bunch of Spanish cussing in the background. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's what's going on. Yeah. Your story reminded me of that. Hey, man. <laughs> hey. You marry into certain ethnic ethnic groups, man. That comes with the territory, you know. Yeah. They have no filter. It's just like so. Right, Jack really did get beat on podcasts. So what? Jack really did get beat by his wife on podcasts. On podcast, yeah. <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think it made it to the final Look. recording, but yeah, yeah, it happened. <laughs> it's true. You learn to take those beatings, you know. You, you learn to go into your safe places, like the bathroom or the laundry room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we actually where talked about this on the last open bar about where you go and how you when you see them loading up the sock. That's when you know to go there. Mm -hmm. The sock full of quarters. Yeah, man, you got to protect yourself. But then again, on the last open bar, uh, Dewan was taking advice on long-term marriages from. Daryl, who's not married. So. Well, that's a damn shame. Why would you do that? <laughs> Duan was saying my... things, and Daryl is being his hype man, and Duan was just eating it up. <laughs> Dude, we're all married oh, except for Daryl. Daryl's the last person you should ask for advice. We do know who flushed the toilet twice. It was Daryl that flushed the toilet twice, because that fool will not stop shitting and pissing whenever he feels the need to. <laughs> He will not. You're right, Paul. He, mm. he does what he wants to do. That's a single man, you know. See, a married guy would put mute on, but nope, <laughs> not Daryl. Nope. The mm. last time I remember having Daryl on VCP, he was playing Tomb Raider the whole time. He wouldn't turn it down. He wouldn't mute it. He was playing Tomb Raider. <laughs> now you know why the Valley Podcast is dead, Paul. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Valley and Central Podcast, but yeah. I know, but I'm saying he blames Campbell. We all know the truth. It's not Campbell's yeah. doing. I think Campbell That's because Daryl always goes yes. to the toilet. To the toilet. Because Daryl always has gunfights in the toilet. He's protecting his <laughs> land. You know, people don't want to deal with that crap. You know, we just want podcast. Hey, Paul, Ronnie talk says that episode's not out. Friends. We can't talk about it. I can talk about whatever the fuck <laughs> I want to talk about. Yeah, Ronnie. Yeah. This is his podcast, goddammit. Mm -hmm. So now we need to get to what the people want. So first of all, people that are listening, commenting, start throwing out some questions and shit. So we have something to talk about because uh, this is just weird. Uh, <laughs> while we're waiting for questions, I mean, everybody wants to get some uh, some baseball card talk. So I think we got to get on to that. No, that's banned. Yes. <laughs> that's banned. 
Wait, how do I mute your volume? Can I do that? Damn. I have a set of 100 Kobe Bryant basketball cards that chronicles his career. I'll go get those and I'll start reading them one by one. It'll be fantastic. Wait, wait, I bet I can. If I do this... Hey, Paul. You're muted. Ha! Alright, you're unmuted now. Yeah, you better unmute me. I'll fucking walk off this show. God, you are loud. Alright, let me do... that. Alright, I just you're, turned... You're, I just hey, turned Paul, your, I got I an 89 Ken Griffey Jr. Dewan, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Dewan's my man. We're, we're running Tennessee football leagues Ken together. Jr., man. Yes, we are, man. We're going to tear it up this year. We're going to win all the prizes. Oh, Hell yeah. Wow. Here we go. Ronnie with the baseball card talk. Mm. Oh, it's basketball card talk. You know what? Here, here, this is a good question. Will Alice Cott ever write another Valiant book? Let me tell you. Probably not. However, uh, the book he's doing for Image is actually pretty good. The Generation Gone, I think it is. First issue came out last week. Uh, what's my favorite basketball card that I've ever owned? Uh, I did own a Magic Johnson Larry Bird rookie card, but I sold uh, just about my whole card collection when I decided to stop collecting cards. That was probably my favorite single card that I owned. Um, the only card, I have a couple random ones, but I did, there was, a, like I said, a set of Kobe Bryant cards that was a, a special promotion from the um, the manufacturer that I, I it was a difficult set to put together so I kept that plus obviously he's like my favorite player um, did Martin abandon the Slack group yes. he did and it's mostly because you just keep reposting tweets Garrett so stop fucking doing that <laughs> no that's not why I left um, I, I talked about it a little bit on, uh, on Nerdy Legion not on Valiant Central but I'm trying to do less social media uh, especially when it takes up a lot of time, like a Slack chat or Messenger uh, or Facebook. Um, yeah, those can be real time sucks. Yeah, so I find Twitter pretty easy to get in and out, so I still do Twitter, but everything else is like uh, just a once in a blue moon thing. Um, yeah, see, Twitter is nice because it's like an ongoing conversation that you reply to whenever the hell you want to. It's not just rolling forever, so. Yep, yep. So we brought this up earlier, okay? Dennis really wants to know. And since he's not on this podcast, I feel like we should talk about it seriously. What's up with the Jerry Leto rumors? Now, you said, Paul, is this just a rumor or is it breaking news? Dewan, did you see the, uh, the, the link, the article? No, I did not. So it showed up to this afternoon, like pretty late this afternoon on Deadline Hollywood. Um, the Jerry mm-hmm. Leto is in talks to star as Bloodshot for the Bloodshot movie. Um, mm. That just seems weird, though. And it's actually funny. If you if you go... Is it on that one? Yeah. If you go to Deadline.com and find that article and read the comments... Um, I mean, some of them are pretty uh, internet comments, you know what I mean? Uh, and then you All have right. you have one guy saying, uh, bring home Magnus, Solar, and Turok, because, you know... There's got to be that one asshole somewhere. You know what I mean? Right, right, um, exactly. But I don't know. It's just, it's just, but, but, go ahead. Well, 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 Martin, did you notice when we were in C2E2 when the, and, and Jason David Frake was up there with Dinesh and they were talking about the Bloodshot movies or the Harbinger movies and it was like he was trying to sell himself to Dinesh. Did you not get like the hint that, that Valiant wasn't 
sold on him being bloodshot going forward. I I kind of picked up on it. They want somebody bigger than him for the movies. If Jared Jared Leto got uh, hooked for the movies, that would be huge for getting the movies out there, having the, the name associated with it. We talked about this before when we talked. There were rumors about a bunch of different possibilities for Bloodshot. The one I liked was actually uh, Mark Wahlberg. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting somebody with a, a legit name is going to help draw attention to the movies, which is only going to help it. As far as Jared Leto playing Bloodshot, I don't know. I'd have to see it. So I, I don't really... I don't know. I don't know Jared Leto well enough to give a shit one way or the other. It's not like I think he'd be terrible at it, but... Well, see, I, I like Jared Leto. I like a lot of the stuff he's yeah. done. I just what else has he done? I mean, I, I saw Suicide Squad, and I mean that role. I don't envision that as him being a good bloodshot based on that because it was a very uh, specific character, you know. Mm-hmm. So what else has he done? I mean, he was uh, oh god. Well, he's he's doing the new Blade Runner movie. He that helps me because I've seen that already. So thanks oh, for that. God. That's really useful. Paul, like there. It's, it's hard to talk to you about like <laughs> what has this person been in because you know what? Like chances are you haven't seen the movie or you haven't read the comic book. You know what I mean? You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. I know exactly. Answer my fucking question. You've been in Bangor, Maine. Bang bang. I've bang, been bang. to Bangor, Maine. I live like two hours away from there. I well, you've I'll been there. Bangor. So was that lying? <sighs> <sighs> Anyways. Um, he, like he's fine. Uh, the best thing he's done is uh, what's that movie with Jennifer Connelly? Where they're all oh, drug uh, addicts. Oh fuck that movie. Oh, I love that movie. I mean, he, 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 he was good in the movie, but no, I, I I don't I don't really like that movie. With uh, the Wayans brother. Yeah. Yeah. Requiem, Requiem for the Dream. Yeah, Requiem for a Dream. It's a good movie. It's a fucking terrible movie. Oh my just, god, you're crazy. Just just watch it and kill yourself. Just go ahead and do that because that's <laughs> what. Like, oh, that's right. It's, Garrett, it's Garrett a good movie. He was in Fight Club. Not pleasant movie. He uh, was he in Fight. Yeah, he was in Fight Club. Yeah, yeah he, he was. Know. He was the blonde. What guy. the fuck? He'd be a great bloodshot. I hands down best bloodshot ever. <laughs> uh, uh, ben, Benny's on. Benny hasn't asked anything before this. So, what would you like to see happen with the new Shadow Man book in March? Writer, story, or plot? And basically, he's asking like, you know, what would we like to see from any angle? Um... I would like to see it be good. That'd be nice. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to see uh, Peter Milligan on it. That would be nice. Uh, not that I have anything hugely against Peter Milligan, but we don't need to go back there. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see Lemire on it, I think, mm-hmm. of the people that I would think they have tapped for it. Okay. Because um, I know that he has a, a Woody for doing some Shadow Man there, so... I think he would do it really well because he's to me the Lemire's type of writer. If he wants to do what he's doing, he does it. You know. Yep. Here's what I'm going to say. I uh, I agree with you on Lemire, and I think we talked about that. Well, how long has that been, Paul? That's been at least a year. Because didn't that come up in an interview he did? Uh, yeah, it came up when before he even started doing Bloodshot Reborn. Yeah, it was before Bloodshot Reborn. And yeah, and an it's come up again too. Like he's he's made it. Vaguely clear and possibly specifically clear. I don't really remember, but I know that he like did the hinting that he would like to do something dark. So I'm going to tell you exactly um, what I want. I'm going to tell you exactly what I want. I want Jeff Lemire to write it. Greg Smallwood is doing covers for it. I would love it if they announced Greg Smallwood as the interior artist because Jeff and Greg were doing Moon Knight together for uh, Marvel, 
And yeah. I'm, I'm a huge Moon Knight fan. I thought that book was really fucking good. Um, and I would love to see him come back together and do a Valiant book together. So Smallwood and Lemire is what I would like to see. No more questions about that hip-hop band. We talked about that already. I'm not even going to try to say that no, stupid. No, well, we didn't really talk about it, Paul. We because, talk, I, because oh, the, we lost the show, didn't we? We lost the episode. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I apologize. Martin didn't record the episode where we talked about we it. We talked for an hour um, and a half about it, and then I forgot to record it. Yeah, we really did talk quite, about, quite a bit about it. I have not listened to their music. Uh, I have nothing against what they're doing with linking up to a band like that. Uh... I don't know anything about them, but if it gets different eyes on, that's what they're aiming for, I'm assuming. So, you know, that's all good. But it's not the same thing as when they had Aerosmith in uh, in Shadow Man before, because Aerosmith was a legendary act. And you know what? Drummer's ear backwards, not legendary. <laughs> I don't care how many views they've gotten on fucking YouTube or shit. Um, but still, I mean, if it does something, it does something. It's the same as them linking up with the Warp Tour or different stuff like that. It's getting different people's eyes on them, so... Nothing wrong with that. Um, what Valiant characters have been missing in action for a while that you hope will return soon? Jeff. Jeff the GM answer. But can we can we can we go back to Bloodshot? Of course. Hey. <laughs> one question, Dude, it's guys. your show. Do whatever you want. No, no. If, if hey, if you want to go somewhere else, let me know. I'm just a guest. <laughs> <laughs> <Be here. laughs> Shut me down. This is your show. But what are you guys thinking about, you know, if you got one bloodshot on Bat in the Sun and then you have another one in the movie, how are will people translate that or would they be able to? I think they're that? two different things. Yeah, I don't see why I, not. Yeah, it's, okay. yeah, it's, it's like saying that, you know, the person who played Lego Batman should play real Batman. And while I think that's the case, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, people don't need those things to be the same thing. Lego Batman, by the way, best Batman movie ever made. Um, it's pretty high up there. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree. It really, as far as the, from a Batman fan perspective, like you should be able to appreciate that movie with all the uh, references it has. Well, you know what? Like Daryl Taylor hates Lego Batman, but he also loves Tom King's Batman, so we know he's got no taste. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who cares what Daryl thinks? He's protecting his land. <laughs> <laughs> He's he misleading Dwan. Like, why would we trust his opinion there? Uh, Garrett shared the link with me that was deleted, and then he mentioned American Psycho, which was a good movie, oh, and yeah. fuck that book. Yep, 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 yep. You are correct. I don't know who Leif Schreiber is. Uh, Leif Schreiber was, um, didn't he play Wolverine in something? Or, fuck. Sabretooth. He was Sabretooth, wasn't he? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't know who he is, so I'll take your word on that. Um, he's but yeah, a, if he's he was a good actor, I could do that. Yeah. The thing about um, Lee Shriver is he's a little bit older, and I know maybe we want to see somebody older. Um, but for a company like Valiant to have a successful movie, you kind of need to have a big name actor behind. Um, yeah, that'll help a lot. The, behind the character, and I don't know if if Lee Schreiber is big enough for a mass audience. Um, I think he's got a, a good fan base. Um, you know what? That Jared Leto's kind of the same way, though, to be honest. I mean, he's he's got some more recognition now because of the Joker stuff. There you go, Ray Donovan. Thank you. Um, you should watch that. It's good. Is that on Netflix, Ray Donovan? Showtime. I think it's on Showtime. Um, Lee was Sabretooth. In, yeah, see, he was Sabretooth in Wolverine Origins. 
Yeah, the link was deleted, Garrett. That's why it said it when uh, you typed it. Yeah, I've got it to auto-delete links. Um, I don't think there's any trolls in here anyway. I can probably turn that back on. <laughs> so do you guys think Shadow Man is, like, the most, like, underused uh, property that Valiant has right now? Like, a major character? Because, I mean, it seems like they tried to promote him initially at the beginning, and then it went bad. Yeah, I think it went really off the rails. Uh, Like Garrett said, I I enjoyed the Justin Jordan Shadow Man. I even thought Peter Milligan Shadow Man was starting to go somewhere, but I I feel like they just... It wasn't getting there or whatever, and they just decided to to tank it instead of keeping going down that path. Um, But yeah, I mean, he was the fifth book. Is that right, Martin? I think he was the fifth book that came out, unless it was Quantum and Woody. Um... No, that sounds right because it was twenty thirteen. Either when fifth that came or sixth. Yeah, because yeah, I when that came out. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so Shadow Man was the fifth book coming out. Uh, he was big enough to be, you know, one of the the major players to start with. Like they were basically the four, the first four books kind of really made the shape of the universe. Um, and then Shadow Man came out, and yeah, I mean, like I I enjoyed it, and then it just. When they lost Justin Jordan, I guess, is when it really kind of went to shit. And they didn't want to have months without it coming out. You can really see, if you look over the track record of, of Valiant Publishing stuff, they've learned from different mistakes. Like, they learned from... I, I mean, I, I look at some of the stuff they've done as they learned from that, that they shouldn't have forced out two fucking terrible books bef- like while they were waiting for Peter Milligan to get some shit written. Which books are you talking about? The ones post Jordan pre Milligan, the ones right in the okay. middle. Oh, the one that Alice there was the one of many stories. Yeah, Alice Scott was involved <laughs> in one. It, those were terrible. I mean, especially if you're reading it and you're excited about it, and all of a sudden you get that crap. It's like, mm-hmm. Valiant's done a good job at planning ahead, and I think if we look back to Shadow Man, they I think they learned their lesson from some stuff there that you have to have stuff in the bag. Uh, you know, you have to like. For them to do what they're doing and to really make the promise of stuff always coming out on time and that sort of thing, like you got to have it ready to go. And I think they've done an excellent job of that. And I think that that was kind of their one stumbling point that they still masked up enough that I don't think anybody would really look at it as a stumbling point. Stumbling point from the publishing perspective, mm-hmm. even if it was a stumbling point from a story perspective and quality perspective, you know. Yeah. yeah. But. Uh, yeah, Shadow Man, I mean, just after that, I mean, we've been waiting for a, a real good, proper relaunch of Shadow Man. We still haven't gotten it. It's been a long time. So uh, I think it's fair to say that he's the most misutilized character. Um, so, I mean, just like we've said about other things, when he comes back and he gets his own title, it better be good, better be solid. You know, uh, and I, th- I think Justin Jordan gets a bad rap. I just want to throw that in. Um, I mean, he's done some really good fucking indie books. Um, yeah, I, I I thought his Shadow Man was great. Like I had no problem with his Shadow Man if yeah. he kept doing it. But then suddenly he left it for I I don't know the reasons. I don't recall. Um, well, they both did because Patrick Zercher was doing it. Um, yeah. With Justin Jordan, Justin Jordan left, um, and I mean he was already doing other stuff. He was doing Deep State and uh, Luther Strode and a couple other things, uh, which Luther Strode is fantastic. Um, and then Patrick Zercher went to work over at DC. Um, because he, he helped relaunch a couple of the books, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, thanks everybody for welcoming Justin to the chat and bearing all the questions. That's really helpful of you. 
<laughs> What's up, Justin? Justin in the house. Uh, are there any other Valiant characters that we are dying to see come back that we haven't seen for a while? Yeah, Jeff the Geomancer. Uh, no, that doesn't no, count. He's no. never been in VEI, no. Martin. It, it still counts, bro. Mm, you should know. Uh, how no. about how about K? Because Deathmate wasn't K, right? That's what the next told me. Well, clearly it wasn't K because dead is dead in, in Valiant. Right, so it just looks exactly like K and they just call her K. But it's not K. Talking about people, talking about people that are coming back. I re I took you guys' advice and reread Massacre today, and there was a couple word bubbles in there that made it seem like that some of the people that were killed may still be alive. You're talking about the end, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I, I think I think it wasn't clear with the art. That's the thing, right? Um, cause like the Zygos twins, you couldn't quite tell, but they're not dead cause they captured him. Um, I wasn't sure about what was the girl that gets killed. That, no, it wasn't her. Yeah. Maybe it was her. Um, or there was one that gets killed at the beginning when the plane crashes. Well, I'm talking more about the, the debriefing meeting at the end. Oh, okay. Can we talk about it? Is it too late? Is it too late? Can we talk about this? No, I think that's fair. Paul, you care? The debriefing meeting. They... Do you care, bro? Are we talking about a massacre? Yeah, massacre. Yeah, we can talk about that. I, I read massacre. If anybody else hasn't, earmuffs. Yeah, I mean, by, by also, now you should have uh, read it. it. E- Eheart, I see your, your shit talking there. Yeah. The Rockies suck. That's who sucks. That's the one. Benny's got it. It's Cloud. Cloud gets... Um, and Dennis brought it up, too. Cloud is the one that gets hit by the plane at the beginning of the issue. Like, so you don't even. She's got no 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 lines in that issue. Anyways, what what they what, when the debriefing they said, you know the, you know the kids are basically presumed, you dead, mm-hmm. presumed, mm-hmm. and I I just took a lot of I just looked at that it says presumed. So like why would they intentionally put that in there presumed not like we have confirmed fatalities of such and such such and such well see so the way that i read that was i mean we're dealing with a pretty shady organization so mm-hmm. the way that i read that is they're saying presumed dead um maybe they don't want gunslinger to know the whole truth right like they capture these kids and they have them hidden somewhere because they don't want gunslinger to be like oh you know half my team got killed and here I am, the asshole, you know, backing you guys up. Um, but at the same time, like, there must be some kind of other covert ops. And they can't, like, officially say, hey, yeah, these kids are dead. Um, so they could still have them in the background just, uh, you know, just in case. I mean, like, they brainwashed them or something. But after after him losing his crew... I, I just don't know. For them saying pres- presumed, it would it would it would make it seem in a deep, it would make it seem like in a debriefing they would say we killed x amount of yeah that's true renegades or such and such. So he would be like, okay, well, you know, I lost my crew. We killed this amount of people. Blah 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 blah. Let's go on to the next mission. You know, it, it just seemed like the writer would say, hey, presume that was a choice word to me. I don't know. Well, and they wouldn't... Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because, I mean, they would be the first on the scene, right? So anybody that was killed, they would have picked up. So they wouldn't be presumed. They would be confirmed. 
exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. I'm down with that. You know what's cool, too? And I think that's what's the most interesting thing about this. Um, it, it's only the first issue of this arc, right? So it's a four-issue arc. And Harbinger Wars is not even out till next year sometime. And I know that they're doing, like, the, the three-month hiatus in between each arc. Um, I guess to give uh, Derek and, and Ray for the time to... Uh, put the issues together uh, while staying as a team. Um, mm-hmm. But even then, like four issues, so that puts it what October is when the arc ends, and then it's maybe not back till January. I mean, they're not going to do Harbinger Wars first month of the year, right? That's going to be a yeah. summer event. You know, Mike said that. Mike, Mikey said that on his podcast. He said it was it was very hard. Like, yeah really good stories from Valiant but these big breaks kind of took the uh, emotion out of it mm-hmm. so when you read it it's just like you know you got to go back three four months a year to try to grab that emotion and put it in this new episode so you're kind of almost reading it raw yeah, you had a good it point there if this ran story. right off of uh, off of uh, Gen Zero it would have yep. a bigger impact because you feel more connected with the characters but Give it, given the break, and then having this just happen all of a sudden, yeah, it just, you know, you get that. It's just like if they suddenly brought Shadow Man back and killed him. Everybody, right. everybody would just be like, eh, Jack was a pussy anyways, whatever. Well, I, I, uh, think, I think that part of the shift, though, is if it, if they had stuck with the Renegades team, like the Far Starkid, um, then maybe that shift wouldn't have been so obvious, you know what I mean? Um, because like Rai was taking three, four month breaks and nobody was giving a shit about that, right? Like nobody's like, oh my God, like, I don't know what the hell's happening when I go back to read the next issue of Rai. Like everyone was on fucking point, knew what had happened beforehand. I never knew what was happening because oh, Clayton Crane's art and I just sort of follow. Reading comics oh, right. is so passe. I just buy them and back and board them, put them away. That's what I do. <laughs> and then, uh, the, the, then I go to the Facebook groups to find out what happened in the spoilers, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, gotta, I would say the, diff- the difference between the Rye and the Harbinger is like the Rye was kind of like its own little separate story, like a mini series almost, mm-hmm. right? That led into four thousand and one, where you had Harbinger War One, you know, then Harbinger Renegade and Gen Zero. They all kind of play into each other, and, and and this has been dragged on for a long time mm-hmm. to get to the kind of like. It would say a crescendo point, crescendo point with with Harbinger Renegade Five, but you know it was a climatic climatic point to where it was a lot of time in between there. You know, you had a lot of valiant characters vested into that story previous to this issue. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it just see like I agree with you guys. It was broken up. I agree with Mike too. It was broken up to the point where it just you kind yeah. of lost it. Rai did a much better job of making you anxious for the next installment, and like you could see with Rai how Matt Ken had it planned out, and he had the whole story planned out. So when there were the separations, like it was the way he did it was really good. You had a very contained story, but with a very like big anticipation for the next part of it. Uh, whereas with Renegade. It was, you know, the first arc we got a Renegade. Was anybody just like, oh, shit, I got to know what happens next? Or were they just like, okay, Solomon, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they, they 
I don't know if it works out with what they're with their building to leave it to let it chill like it did. You know, I mean now everything is cooled off. I think that you know if they kept it rolling, you know, it, there was no heat built up yet. You know, with Rye, I mean, God, Rye, especially looking at like Clayton Crane's art in it, it was so mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, Rye, the first issue, just knocked my socks off. So it had me right from the beginning. So I just wanted it and wanted it. So like really got you in and, and heated up right away. And uh, you know, Renegade was a different book. Renegade was. I mean, look how many people were just like, these characters don't quite feel right because they're being written different. You know, time has changed. The characters have changed some. So we're having to try to reconcile uh, who we thought the character was with kind of who they are now, now that time and events have changed them somewhat. Um, so, yeah, I mean, taking that break and then you jump into Massacre and it's not about anything that Renegade was about. It, it's a total shift, and this is a segue into what happens next. So, like for me, I got to see what happens next. But it it does definitely like with that separation of time. I, I mean, it's under. I think it makes it understandable that a lot of people don't quite know how to feel about everything. I mean, I thought Mike's comment was a great one. Like it, you lose the uh, the emotional impact of killing characters when you've shelved the characters for a while. Mm-hmm. When there's any kind of separation there, so. Uh, Benny said that Rafer said there'd be no more breaks in between arcs. Um, so I totally missed that. I try not to uh, watch other interviews. So, um, but that's what Benny says. So that's interesting. How, how how does that work then? Well, I'm more I'm more concerned with you know not going forward. There's no more breaks. It makes me think it, did the Dysart breakup cause this long delay to get from the past to, to to massacre you know that's the issue we're dealing with now like why did we deal with this long mm. law you know, I don't think forward, I think I think Valiant is, is fine going forward there's no more breakups I agree with you there's no more breakups going forward but did that dice art breakup really jam up their, their, their Valiant's timeline on, on telling this story well, from what we've heard about it, all the different bits and pieces, it sounded more like Valiant didn't want to go with what Dysart pitched. Uh, so I, I don't think it was necessarily that Dysart walked away from it and it left them high and dry as much as they didn't want to go with what Dysart wanted to do with this. And they bought Rafer's pitch. They wanted to go with Rafer based on what he pitched. Uh, I mean, that that's just the things that we've heard. That's what it sounds like. I think Dysart's, uh, you know, rushing off to do other things impacted Imperium, but on Imperium has nothing really to do with what we're looking at with Renegade. They, you know, they're they're not impacting each other. Hmm. Well, I don't, I don't disagree with you, Paul. I'm just asking, like these, like they these creators and Valiant, they all sit in a room a year, maybe a year and a half to two mm-hmm. years in advance, and and they plan out these story arcs, right? And then if something happens. In the, in the midterm of that, to where say a creator leaves, or you know that story's not being told, does it break things up to where Valiant has to kind of reshuffle things and stitch things back together to where we had this breakup? You know, I think they did a good job of trying to put it back together, but you know, you guys tell me, did, did it cause an issue? Because it, it just seems unorthodox, you know, to have such a dramatic issue 
that we had with with, with Renegade Five, and then you know they're they're trying to tie in all this back stuff in, and just and, and put these characters on the shelf for so long. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't really get why they didn't just do the first four issues of. Why didn't they just hold on to the first four issues of Renegade for a few months to where it ran straight into number there five? You go. Yep. Yeah. That's the bigger. I mean, especially when we've seen them go to month after month of six books. It's not like that's the excuse that they were trying to keep up to nine books because they dropped right the fuck off of that. So, I mean, I, I don't get why they did that. It's not Rye and Clayton Crane needing time to complete the art for an arc because of his style. Uh, it's They said, oh, well, we need this shit to time up later, so we're just going to pause it now. Well, don't tell me you didn't have that planned out before. No, I don't buy that either. I don't, I don't buy that either. I think I think the book was stopped because they didn't like the direction it was going, and they exactly. they completely rewrote the entire story arc. Yes, yeah, so it would exactly. match up with Harbinger Wars, but at the same time, they wanted something a little more hard hitting um, because they didn't feel like it was moving quickly enough on the direction that he was currently going. So you're saying that they didn't like the first arc of Renegade? Um, I think they expected a better reaction from the first arc of Renegade. So it's an adjustment to the reaction, which for them to have made the decision when this stuff was solicited, they only had an issue or two out. You can do that pretty quickly, Paul. I mean, if you have a book that drops, think- if you have a book that drops from 30,000 copies to like 10,000 uh, in one month, that's the decision you can make pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely enough time uh, be, but it would definitely be I mean it would be if you look at it like that I would think it's a reaction that they were really saying okay we're going to see what number one does and based on the reaction we're going to have a knee jerk reaction to it kind of like planning ahead like okay if, if if it doesn't react like this then we're going to pull in the reins and change direction immediately so it kind of seemed because I don't think that they would have gone into it like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. Holy shit, what happened? Let's change all this. I think they, they would have had to go into it saying, okay, if if we don't get this reaction, then we're changing course. But, I mean, the, the first arc already has to be planned. I don't think Valiant doesn't know what's going on through the end of the first arc. So, yeah, you guys, you know, You're right. You're right. The arc has to be planned. What I'm saying is moving forward. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. And, and, I'm and, saying the same thing. And the, and the thing about the book, and I think that's so. There, there's always I know you talk, hate talking about sales, Paul, um, but there's there's always that drop right from issue one to issue two to issue three. I don't hate talking about say, sales. I hate having an episode about fucking sales. Okay, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so if if you you're gonna have a drop, right? So usually like I don't know, fifty, sixty percent from issue one to issue two, um, then maybe like another twenty five from two to three. At some point, you're gonna level off. The thing with Harbinger Renegade is they were they had these coupons, right? I mean, Dewan, you know, I know you had mm-hmm. several several sets of coupons, right? JC did, Justin did, um, and even then, by by the end of the first arc, the book went from thirty three thousand copies to seventy five hundred copies. So I don't, I mean, that tells me the coupons didn't do shit for anybody. You know what I mean? Like the same people yeah. who are going to buy the book regardless bought the fucking book. Yeah, but they still had to make the decision. So if solicits come out like two months ahead of time, 
there has to be some level of planning. But even if you just say two months ahead of time, that means that they had to have made that decision like by the time issue two hit, basically. So that's still like they 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 re- had to react to like issue number one, maybe issue number two was the the kind of cutoff point for them. But if they're going to react that quickly, they have to like already have a plan for how they're going to shift stuff. I think. Um. Yeah. So then they just killed a bunch of motherfuckers. By the well, way, do, do Dysart, think... Dysart riding uh, riding stripper hunters. That that's a that's a choice <laughs> move, Ronnie. Okay, that's a great idea. I think that's how he uh, started his career is writing books like that. Strippers, yeah. See, and you know, you just combine a few of these comments. You know, Dice Archer write Faith, and then Xenoscope crossover covers. Just put those two things together, and you have Dice Archer writing some Faith titty covers. You know, (laughs) (laughs) Jake will buy so many issues of that. Now, do you guys think like maybe the Imperium line wasn't edgy enough, or? saucy enough or valiant you know leading up to the movies that they may may be coming out with for Harbinger that no, that may cause so. the rift you don't think so no I think the problem with Imperium was that uh, the majority of people that read comics are fucking stupid and they couldn't understand the book hence the Xenoscope uh, recommendation there yes there's continuity between the the chat and the the actual podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, there you go. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Imperium was the best. You're right. Um, well, well, I'm just looking at it from this because like Imperium was so different from Renegade. Like I mean, mm-hmm. night and day. Like Imperium was so cerebral and worldly and political. Where Renegade is just like made for TV. Right, blood, guts, shoot them up. War, action, action, action. And I, when we, as we're talking about this, I'm trying to think. Well, maybe Valiant said we don't want to go the cerebral route. Maybe we need to go the action route to set up the movies mm-hmm. and, and and the the internet type of Ninjak versus the Valiant universe. That 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 may have caused the break between the two of them. And that's why the break and, and them trying to change the whole story arc to get to Harbinger Renegade. I don't know. That's that's just my thought. That's a good point. Um, to, to, to answer this question, we can go back to this Renegade topic. What's the status of the Ferretti McLean collaboration? Um, listen, mm. you got to talk mm. to Barry, bro. Okay. Barry, oh. Barry's busy. He, he works in comics. He, he draws comics for a living. Um, I don't write comics for a living. Um, Barry's got the first issue. I know that we've got some other people involved. Uh, there's inking done for, I don't know, the first third of the book, I think. Uh, there's some colored pages that I've seen. When can you read it? Uh, I don't know. Let me talk to Barry. Um, I know some people have read the, the script for the first issue. Um, I finally just finished. I was supposed to finish the fourth issue in October. I just finished it. Um, so that's, at some point, I'll put out all four issues um, for people to read. But uh, the rest is up to Barry. Barry's busy. All right, back to back to Harbinger. But uh, thanks. Uh, that was a uh, Hooper that a great magnet, and somebody else did. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, Garrett. 
if Zenoscope won't strip Justin Will, what? Listen, we said at the beginning of this, okay? I know people have jumped on since. There will be no stripping on this podcast, okay? We're not getting banned hey. from Twitch. It's not got happening. a cast of crazy characters here. You, you know what I know? Yeah, all the time, man. Um, so what I, what I like to see, I wouldn't mind seeing Dysart's, uh like pitch for for whatever harbinger idea he had. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I'd pay money for that. I would pay a lot of money for that. Um, and that's all inside baseball, so we're never going to see it. But I'd just be curious to know, like, what his idea was and why it wasn't better than what we got. And it it doesn't matter. So. I know there's going to be comments, people, oh, Dysart's the best. If he doesn't write it, it sucks. Listen, that's not true. Um, but I'm just curious. You know what I mean? I like Dysart. Um, Paul and I have talked, to, we've had him on the show, I think, once or twice. Um, he's, he's freaking awesome. You know what I mean? But um, I'm just curious. I'm curious. There's got to be a reason it wasn't picked. Especially for Valiant saying they, they pick best story. Like, best idea wins or best story wins. Mm-hmm. Like, how, you know, how did Dysart not win in that room at that time? I mean... Well, look at Imperium. How is Imperium selling? That's a great story, but, I mean, great story or not, you have to be able to sell the fucking story to people. So, I, uh, I want to throw something out exactly relating to this. Because um, this has been coming up with regards to DC lately. Um, and I know, like, I, I talked to Justin a little bit about uh, Valiant Fatigue a few days ago. Um, I know that there's other people that aren't quite, uh, like, they're not buying everything, they're not getting every cover like they used to. Um, some people are just kind of, like, not even getting anything, right? Just taking a break. Um, but I saw an interesting article, and Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Jack may have mentioned that his shop said something to him about it as well. Um, but DC is like kind of planning on changing their strategy. Um, and I was listening to a podcast this morning and it came up there as well um, in an unrelated discussion. Um, so I, th- I thought it was interesting. But there, Tom King is going to start writing everything just like Matt Kinn does for Valiant, yeah, right? Yeah, then I'll just quit reading comics. So uh, there's that. <laughs> uh, but no, so, so, the, so the theory is that DC plans on doing like a whole line... Um, of books where they're going to be released only as trade paperbacks. Um, Because a lot of people have become trade waiters because so often comic book publishers are trying to write a story to fit like a four or five issue arc so that they can sell trades and make initial profit. And so a lot of people have just quit reading the monthlies because like you don't get a full story, right? You're waiting five or six months. Um, and of course you do save a little bit of money when you do the trade. Um, but that DC wants to do some of this, like sell a lot more books in trade format where you get the full arc. Um, obviously they're probably not going to do it with big sellers, right? Like Batman's never going to be a, a trade only book, right? It'll still continue to be bi-weekly. Um, and then with that added, the other thing to that is, it's going to be a little more adult oriented um, because I mean let's let's be honest like a lot of people that read comics they're not kids aren't reading comics now you know what I mean kids are on YouTube watching people talk about the comics they read right um, it's it's old people like us that are still actually buying and reading comics so I think that's 
it's interesting. I don't know how well it would work, um, but there is a lot of comic fatigue. You know what I mean? Thoughts? Well, now we know it was Dewan that was uh, flushing the toilet on the Open Bar podcast. It's always Dewan. <laughs> we already know that. Now we knew it wasn't him then because he was on camera then. <laughs> um, God, I, that just totally blew my mind. What did what, you say? <laughs> so, so, oh, yeah, the, the, I'm, uh, I'm look, yeah, trade paper. I'm looking at Justin's comment. It's, he says, we live in a bitch society, yellow Netflix. Yeah, you're right. So it's just like getting Netflix in in a physical format for comics. You know what I mean? I yeah, I don't know. Like I see that being a good thing. I don't see Valiant being able to do that with how few titles they put out. Because I mean, look how people overreact to every little thing they do that isn't the status quo for collecting comics. You know, Valiant High. It's a digital comic, so people are pissing and moaning about it. Uh, Valiant High's good. You know what I mean? Like that's, but there's, no, there's but that's not the point. Is the point is is that people that buy their fucking comic books and there's only X amount of Valiant titles that come out a month, they just want to buy the goddamn floppies. So for Valiant High, it's breaking that norm. Geomancer is breaking that norm. Like these other things break the norm, and people when there's so few books to get, they don't. It's easier for people to be like, no, no, this is breaking my routine. Uh, I don't like that's not a problem for me. But uh, a, a publisher that publishes more books can say, like, yeah, we're going to do this with some stuff, you know? Because everything ebbs and flows anyways. Like, do you see if they're publishing uh, – oh, gosh, what's – I don't know. OMAC. I never read OMAC, but it's mm-hmm. it's a lesser-known name, right? It's the lesser-known title. They could just be like, okay, yeah, we're cutting that because it's not selling. You know, and then throw some other shit out there that's selling. They could easily do that with trades and you know, just be like, oh, yeah, something like OMAC. We're just going to publish a trade of this. Yeah, but I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with that because, you know, a a lot of the times the books that I want to read, even for big publishers like Marvel and DC, are books that end up getting canceled. So if it it means that I'm not going to have to worry about it, they're going to release, you know, a a five or six issue arc of – what's the book that I liked? Uh, Mockingbird. They just released the whole thing as, as one trade. Like, I'm good with just buying that. You yeah, know what I mean? I think that works for Marvel and DC. I don't think that would work for Valiant with how few things they publish. Right. But so the thing is, is Valiant staying with an outdated publishing model? No. No, because at least they made Martin, but they're at least trying, like uh, Garrett said on the chat. So they're trying to get people to still buy floppies by saying, if you pre-order 12 issues of Bloodshot Salvation, you get extra content, right? Right. So they're still trying to get people to still buy floppies. And they've been trying it with EXO and Secret Weapons. Um, will it will, will it last? I don't know. I Probably not. But I, I still think people will trade weight. But at least Valiant is trying. To try to change to change the trend, right? And you kind of see where I'm coming from. Yeah, they're offering different different avenues to to be a fan or a collector or whatnot. Um, I I think the trade thing works for bigger publishers. I don't think it would work the same for smaller publishers. That you know, when you only publish so many titles, you got to kind of follow a course. So the stuff Valiant has done has only been slightly off the course here and there. Whereas I think if they're just like, okay, well, this is just going to come out as a trade. Um, if it's adding on to what they're already doing, I, I think that that would just be another plus. 
if it's okay, we're going to stop publishing this comic as a floppy and now we're only going to publish it as a trade. I think that more people are going to just like with Valiant High, plenty of people are like, yeah, I'm not going to get that because I'm not going to do digital, which why would you if you don't do digital, you know, uh, with a trade, it's it's a different thing because there's different costs involved in everything. Um, that like I don't see that working for Valiant necessarily, unless it's like okay, well this is an additional thing on top of what we're already doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know though, because it's like Valiant High isn't it's a non-essential, you know. It's a it's it's not it's not a part of continuity. It's just a fun side thing. So it depends on what they did and how they did it, but. I don't really see it working the same way, whereas I think like DC and Marvel could utilize it really well. And I think that some other publishers that uh, can't seem to get their fucking books out would be better off just publishing as trades in the first place. So I don't know who NES Master 80 is, but that is a fucking awesome nickname. So props to you, sir. Um, <laughs> for real, just saying. Um, now that was my train of thought. I was going to ask if there's a way to do polls. If you're If you're in Twitch chat... Um, I want to know if you did the pre-orders for any of the books. If you did the Bloodshed Salvation one, or the Exo ones, or the Secret Weapons. Um, I'm curious. And if you did, I'm curious if you feel like the additional content is the best value for you. Um, because, I mean, since we're talking about trade waiting, I mean, when Secret Weapons trade comes out, it'll be four issues. It's going to be nine ninety nine. Right, so I'm saving you know the two three bucks from not buying the floppies. Um, so would it be worth it to, to for people to do a pre order where instead of the additional well, maybe with the additional content, but what if they offered a discount on 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 that? Like, would that help them sell better? Um, and what I still don't like is that there's no way to track these pre order bundles because Diamond can't track them. All right, so like the EXO one, they were saying it was 30,000 pre-order bundles on top of the whatever it was, 70,000 copies that it sold. Um, like, first of all, is that true? And second of all, like, what's the number for everything else? Because Secret Weapons did fucking awesome. Secret Weapons is the top-selling independent uh, miniseries of the year so far. Yeah, it's in the beginning of the year. Well, halfway through the year, but... <laughs> if you add enough descriptors, you can make anything the best. And I was thinking about yeah. that, too, because I saw I saw the... Uh, I got an email about it. I was like, oh, is that true? So I went and looked at the sales. I was like, oh, yeah, that is true. I was like, I was like there's no way. Like, uh, you know, like, Walking Dead has to be higher. And, of course, Walking Dead is higher, but it's it's an ongoing, right? It's not a limited series. Um, so, yeah, at some point, like, you can make enough descriptors where, yes, that is true. Like, ah, oh, top-selling book with publishers whose name starts with a V. Yes, we did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so looking go, at go. everybody's comments about getting the pre-order bundles, because I did the pre-order bundle for the first three issues of EXO, um, and then in the midst of that was when I decided to stop doing floppies uh, for various reasons. Um, and that bonus content, like, for me, it's, it's nice, but... Like a lot of the comments go along with this line. Like if uh, if I was doing the DCBS bundle, I wouldn't do the pre-order edition because it would be double dipping, and it's not worth the double dip. Um, you know, so other people have other similar comments. If I was gonna get it anyways, I would do the pre-order because I know I'm gonna get it anyways. Mm. Um, if 
if if it's three or four issues and I was somebody who wasn't who was maybe like starting to get into Valiant and I hear about this, well, you know, maybe I would do it for that much. The twelve issues is is a pretty big push. That's definitely a very much uh you know, if if I was getting Bloodshot Salvation anyways and I knew that, well fine, I'd pre order it. But then it also depends on your shop and how they do it. Like if my shop wanted me to pay forty eight bucks at the well, you know, minus discount or whatever. If they wanted me to pay up front for a year worth of that title, then I would probably be like, I can't afford that. Like, you know, my my comic budget doesn't fit that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like, my shop wouldn't do that. I would pay as the book came out. So it's really kind of low risk for me. Like, if if I just said no, I'm not doing it anymore. All I would really be doing is screwing my shop over, and I might have to find another shop. But you know, it's like I don't have the I wouldn't have the the culpability that if I paid for it all up front or we've heard some people have shops um, that have a credit card on file. So if you don't go pick your stuff up, they'll charge you for it, which I don't think is a bad idea for shops. Um, so I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Well, like I think no, it's good. I disagree for- with that. What What do you mean? DCBS has my credit card on file. Why can't a, a comic shop have their credit card on file? I said it's a good thing. Oh, okay, good. I thought you said it wasn't yeah, a good I'm- thing. I'm, no, and, and with DCBS, you're pretty I'm the one that about it. it. Oh. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's fine. It's a, it's a situational thing, probably. Like, you know, if a comic shop needs to do it or not. But, I mean, if you're up front with somebody and you say, you know, say I have to have your card on file. If you pre-order something, you're going to pay for it when it comes out. If you don't show up, we'll charge a credit card. Mm-hmm. You know, you can still, if you're going to be a douchebag, you can still go cancel your credit cards. That way you don't get charged for them and just never go to that shop again. But man, people screw shops over so bad because mm-hmm. they don't yeah. they don't understand what they're doing to a shop when they pre-order all this stuff and then they back out on it. Because mm-hmm. the best discounts a shop gets, you know, even if you say a shop gets a fifty percent discount on books, which I think is a lot higher than most of the discount shops gets, a shop would get. Um, they're paying two bucks a pop. So if you are a douchebag and you pre-order like twenty-five Marvel books, twenty-five DC books, and then you realize you can't handle it. And you just, oh, no, I'm not going to get all these, or you just stop going. You could be costing that shop hundreds of dollars. And guess what? A lot of comic shops, like, they, they, they're they barely getting by, they're, or they're trying to start a business or something. So doing that kind of stuff is really fucked up. So I had never heard about that before until stuff started coming up. Uh, I don't remember at what point, but we started hearing different things like that. To me, it makes perfect sense. You're pre-ordering something. Mm-hmm. If you're pre-ordering it, you have a responsibility to it. You know, when I decided to stop uh, getting floppies, I had, I had, I, I still went through buying two months worth of books because I had pre-ordered them. You know, I had subscribed to them. So, you know, the ones that I cut out uh, when I went down to just a few titles, I, I, I ran the course with it. You know, I wasn't going to back out on something I said I was going to do. So, anyways, that's a tangent. So. Yeah, you know, shops can do different things, but yeah, with with a, a twelve issue pre order, that's a pretty big commitment. So if I was definitely going to get it anyways, cool. If I wasn't, then it's nice extras, but it certainly isn't worth jumping through the hoops the hoops for. So I think I think Garrett makes a good point, and that's the point that I was going to make um, because you, you know you brought up DC and Marvel. If you're buying DC and Marvel and you don't pick up your pull box. The shop's probably going to be okay because somebody's going to buy those anyway. But if you have like Valiant books or you know Black Mask, whenever those books come out, 
or Aftershock or Archie or any of the smallish publishers, it's not quite the same, right? Um, and those books, you need to actually, you have to pick those up because chances are nobody's going to buy them if you don't buy them. Yeah. And I think, it's, you know, I think it's a, it's a good thing for Valiant. It's a good test. Like, I don't think it, none of it, we should not judge anything off the EXO pre-order because that was just, we, we can't, we can't gauge anything off of that. It, from the 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 one in five hundred book to to anything, it was just they just maxed out their their marketing on that. So you can't gauge anything off that, but you can gauge things off of the uh, secret weapons and the the bloodshot salvation, right? And, and look at the bloodshot salvation; it's a one in two fifty metal cover book, and yep. you know. It, You'll get a better gauge off of the, the secret weapons and the, the bloodshot salvation than you will the EXO. So um, it will be a more of a true number. I, you know, and we said this on the, the Collecting Valiant podcast before: is the EXO book was more of a giveaway to the stores, you know, the, the dealers or whatnot, mm-hmm. and for them to make money. You'll find out what. The loyalty and what the, the what what comic book readers and collectors want based off of uh, secret weapons and bloodshot salvation. Those are attainable numbers. They're attainable books. Blah 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 blah. The numbers are okay. You'll get true numbers off of them. It, you know, it, it, either it'll win or it'll fail. You know, we'll see from there. But as a collector, those are more attainable books to get. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we've seen good numbers off of uh, secret weapons. They've been good. You know, we've had retailer exclusives. We've seen. Um, I don't. I'm, I don't know. But they're they're basically better books to get, and we can we kind of gauge get a better gauge off of those books than we would something than the EXO books. The EXO books are just off the charts. You should just throw that away as an anomaly. That's that's my point. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I agree. EXO should be thrown away. We just should not have any more EXO. <laughs> you're such Sorry, a Martin. You're such a hater. Sorry, Martin. Sorry. You know, what they really need to do is they need to get Tom King to start writing it. Oh, yes. Then it would be the best book ever. Yeah, EXO would ask, uh, you know, uh, I can't even think of a good character quick enough. Let me tell you, listen, there's only one time time in my life where I didn't pick up a a Batman book for more than a month, okay? And it was a very short period of time. It lasted maybe like six months. Um, It was somewhere in like the mid-600s of Batman. Um, And, of course, I had to go back and pick all those issues up. And I did it because I thought I was going to quit reading comics. Okay, breaking news. At one point, I thought I was going to quit reading comics, and then I was like, "I'm a dumbass. I'm not going to quit reading comics." So I went back and started reading again. Um, that's the only time I've not consecutively read Batman every single month since I was a wee bit lad, as they say somewhere, somewhere in the world they say that. Um, until now, so now I'm like two months behind on Batman, and I'm totally fine with it. Um, I'm like four months behind on Ninja Turtles, and I love that book. <laughs> it just happens sometimes. Yeah. Hey, so since we started late because somebody couldn't get the technology down, I have to step away for a minute, so you guys keep going, and I'll be back in a few.
I mean, that's fine. This is it's the one okay. show. You know what I mean? I, that's why I brought him on. I need somebody that's able to to pick up for me when I had to step off. <laughs> you guys, are, you guys are in trouble if you're making this my show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jay says, should publishers go back to making old books returnable? Um, not if they want to sell no. comic books. You know what I mean? The like problem her- is. Go ahead. It's the printed media. It's, it's like we're in a transition period. We got old fogies and we got new kids, right? New kids want to be digital. And even some of us old guys want to go digital. But then a lot of us old guys want the book. We want paper for whatever reason. And it's it's the transition. Like what's where are we going as an industry? That's the issue. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, I just saw this comment on here. If they did that, would back issues be harder to find? So for you as a collector, wouldn't it be better if they were returnable because there would be a more limited supply for you to pick up? I love it. As a collector, <laughs> old school, I love it. Return everything because it's just it's just there. I mean, people are always looking for areas to invest, right? Yeah. And, whether it's baseball cars or comics or cars or houses or, or well, you don't collect houses, but I people mean, are looking for areas to collect. Some people do. Our president collects houses. Yeah. yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started, Martin. Oh, but, we're, not, uh, we're not doing that. Yeah. Wrong show. I mean, no, no. We're, uh, uh, we're always looking for... Well, you know, Mike was talking about that, like that controversial book that, you know, was pulled, and oh, the the check the checking people were like, yeah, exactly. Yep, you know, yep. people were like, well, can I get my hands on that book? Because they want to collect it because they know there's a, a demand for it. So, mm-hmm. um, as a collector, especially a buying collector, heck yeah, you want books that are rare. That's why we go crazy. You should see the chats that that uh. You know that we have on collecting Valiant, trying to chase books. You know, for the fear of missing out. Right. You know, because you just don't know what books are rare or not. And and, and Valiant does a very good job at playing us. A lot of times, you know, for what books are rare or not, and you just don't know. You just don't know what books are rare, so you try to collect everything, trying to find that jewel mm-hmm. for the fear of missing out. But um. um it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. And I, it, I, I totally missed this. Dennis made a good point. If, if they're returnable, you just rip the covers off. And that, dude, that's how it was back in the day. Like, you mm-hmm. could return the comic, like all the newsstand editions and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You could return them. All you had to return was the actual cover. The, the rest of the book, you just throw in the trash. And then yeah, the, the so you still get the story. Yeah, the store gets credit for it. Um,. But you you don't return the whole thing because I mean it'd be kind of expensive to ship back all those books. You know what I mean? Right. So you just rip the cover off. And matter of fact, a lot of uh, places nowadays that still sell magazines, um, all all that stuff is just uh, scam based trade. SBTs. So you you're not paying for any of that stuff. The store's not paying for any of that stuff until it's actually sold. Um, and that's particularly true of magazines because you know they come in every week. 
And I mean, no, oh, really? No, yeah, nobody buys magazines, dude, except for old people. You know what I mean? Like old ladies. <laughs> uh, magazines are terrible. <laughs> are you old? Are you old? But I mean, you, you, if you well, don't that's... care, right? If you don't care, you're going to find some good books. If the, even without the cover, you don't give a shit. And I know Mike's talked about this on his on his podcast. Because mm-hmm. um, that's that's how he started reading comics when he was a kid. His, I think his daddy used to take him to the dump and they would go like dumpster diving yeah. for comics. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Yeah. What, 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 so that's kind of like, well... It's not the same kind of parallel, but what's what's the thing that with Dennis and was it Jay talk about the uh, Batman or the Robin uh, four fifty seven? Oh yeah, yeah, newsstand right. edition or new second stand. print and yep. newsstand. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you if you ran a drugstore back in the day, it didn't stay, it didn't sell. They ripped the cover off, sent it back, and mm-hmm. now there's only fourteen of those books left, right? Dude, that's how that's how I started reading comics. There was a little. Uh... It wasn't a newsstand. It was it was a store, but he had like a whole wall. You know, like the stores at the airport. It was kind of like that. Oh, but, oh yeah. But 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 it was it was next to a bodega, right? And it was owned by this old Korean man, and his son worked there too. Um, and the whole wall was just comic books. Like about three quarter of it was comic books, and then the back quarter of it was uh, like actual magazines. Then on the back wall, he had more magazines and, and actual books. Um, and of course he had like, you know, candy and whatever. And they had, he had like a little kitchenette in there. So he did like breakfast sandwiches and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did good business. And that's how I read comics for probably a year, the first year or so that I, that I was reading comics until I actually learned what a comic shop was and found one. Um, and they were awesome until the old man died. And I think the, the son was maybe one of those Korean drug dealer gangsters. You know what I mean? And uh, he got rid of all the magazines, and I don't even know what the fuck happened to the store after that. Like it, it got shady. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, 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 that's back in the day, man. A lot of shit has changed. You know what I mean? Um, and it's yeah. just, it, I think it's just tough to sell the printed media. Period, regardless of what it is. You know, and I know Paul and I talked about a lot of publishers going to movies because, dude, like that's where the money is. They're not making any money on comics. Right, Marvel and DC are making bookies of money on it, and you know Valiant wants a piece of that, and you can't blame them. You know, especially now they've got this huge investment. Like they got to pay investors. You know what I mean? You you can't tell me this company just gave them a hundred million dollars just to keep making comic books. Right? That's not that's not the way it works. They give them a right. hundred million in the hopes that they could get you know three four hundred million back on a movie, and that's the yeah. only way to do it with a movie. Yeah, print print media is messed up, and with, with comic books, that's why like the thing with doing the the trades, I think it could work in some cases. But if it was too successful, I think it could be damaging overall to comics coming out because the you know like our small publishers are going to be able to do that. I mean, if a trade fails compared to a single issue of a comic failing or something like that, that's that's a lot harsher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that. that the the return on cost is already so shitty on everything. I don't know, I, but I think the main thing is that if if you take the the collecting impulse away from the collectors, how much less are they going to buy? Yep. You know, if somebody who's just been collecting comics forever, if you take away the they're not floppies anymore, they're trades. 
how, you know, how many people are just going to say, fuck this and walk away from it and they're done with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, people who just want to read stuff. There's so many ways to read stuff nowadays. I mean, digital is super easy. Like, I'm digging a lot of digital reading. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's... You, you go to the bookstore nowadays and you, the variety isn't great because they can't afford to carry a good variety of everything because they can only carry what's going to sell in a physical bookstore because you can go online and buy it that way. So I just, it really, it would change a lot of things. Like it, you know, you can think of all the positives of it, but that kind of shit could kill comic shops. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Well, you got to look at it. We're, we're like the new baby boomers, right? People in our age kind of going forward and we're holding on to the past. So we hold value into floppies where the new generation doesn't. So we're like, we're like the old guys at car auctions that are renovating old fifties and sixties, seventy cars, holding on to our childhood and we're sustaining that market, right? But can it go forward? It only goes forward as long as we're alive, right? And as long as we're pumping money into this, um, it'll go away, you know, because we understand like the baby boomers, not the baby boomers, but the millennials and people younger than us, they're like digital. Like, you know, you guys have kids. They're not buying floppies. They're not. We're buying it because we love the stuff and it's from our childhood. It takes us back to an era and and then there's some collectability about it, right? Um, you know, digital is digital. You can get it electronically, but there's something about the media. So there's a, a collectability about it that s- somebody might want. But at some point, yeah. it goes away. And, you know, I'm, I'm seeing younger people come up and, and get into buying comics. But, uh, you know, it, it has to keep being propagated. There has to be something to keep making people want to do that, you know? Uh, I mean, we, the different group of us that talk, like, we're a pretty good different range of ages. Um, I don't know. How many people are in Nerdy Legion that are younger than I am, though, Martin? Am I kind of the young end of it? You mean, like, hosts? Yeah. They, yeah, you're the, the, young, you're the youngest one. Yeah, and I mean, I am I just turned 34, so, you know, it's not like uh, – I'm, I'm old enough that, like, I am separated from, like, the people who are just becoming adults – um, but, like, I have a, a person that works for me that is getting more into comics, and they were asking me questions about stuff. And I'm telling them about trades because I want to, like, they, here we have Bull Moose. They can go buy something at Bull Moose or even Special Order and save 35%. You know, no hassle. You don't even have to deal with Amazon or whatever. Uh, you're supporting a local business even that way. Uh, but they're going out and looking for floppies and stuff because they want to. And they're in their younger 20s. So, like, I still see people doing that. I don't know, like, for me, like I said, I really cut back on, on floppies, and it's really all where you put the value. Um, and I basically, like, I, I have my Ninja Turtle collection of the current run that's now in the 70s, and I have all of that, and I have all the other Ninja Turtle stuff they put out. And then everything else, like, I'm kind of piecing together some other collections, but I've been kind of selective about it. And if I decide I don't want something, I'll just... You know, it's I either want it or I don't, but I'm not going to keep stuff that uh, that I don't want to collect. You know, so I, I think the old school mentality of like you you have to hold on to every last thing because you don't know what'll be valuable. I think that that is uh, is changing and going away to some extent. But 
you know, you look at a lot of the stuff that people kept and like people would keep a million things that had no value and they would throw out shit that had actual value. I've seen this happen uh, to bring the sports car talk into, which I know everybody's eager about. Um, (laughs) When I was collecting sports cards going to the shop, uh, the guy who was on the shop, Paul, was telling me a guy came in with a bunch of like baseball cards or whatever from the 80s and 90s. And those cards are worthless because they were overprinted like crazy. And the guy, you know, the guy asked what he could get for them. And Paul, the guy who in the shop said nothing. Like, I, I don't want those. Like, I don't even want them. And uh, the guy's like, oh, I should have just dropped them off a of goodwill with the records. And Paul goes, I would have bought the records. <laughs> People don't know what, you know, what stuff is worth when they have that mentality of, I just, I got to hold on to everything, you know. Every comic printed is worth money. Uh, I've been going around. Um, we've been discovering some like uh, antique malls and, and stuff around, and so I've been going around to some of them with my wife, and and they'll have comics. And man, especially the antique malls. I was talking to Dennis about this, and they're they're overpriced uh, because these guys think that that what they have is gold, and what they have is like the stuff that would have value is beat to shit. But like mm-hmm. I've seen. Uh, so there's one flea market I've been to where this guy has a big booth and like his stuff is priced more legit. He has all these bins of like 50 cent comics, uh, or you could get like whatever amount for 20 bucks that you know is even cheaper. Um, I forget how many comics it is offhand, but so like in there I'm going through and there's just a crap load of Punisher War Journal. Right, that comic's not worth anything. It's just you know readable. You pick it up in a quarter bin, 50 cent bin, whatever. I go to this one antique mall, and this guy has every single book priced at eight dollars, <laughs> including copies of Punisher War Journal. So it just, yeah, you know, some people they they think that this is this is gold, and you know, so much of it is not gold. So it's, I think it's better to be more selective, and that's really going to be what what keeps people in it is when people learn to like go after what you like, get it because you like it, don't get it because you think it's going to make you rich. To collect a run-of-the-mill thing. I mean, uh, Duan, you know, you're doing a podcast on it. Like, you know what Valiant stuff has come out since VEI relaunched that's worth money? Mm-hmm. There are books that are worth a lot of money, and they're not always the ones that were expected as they came out. Right. Mm. You know, I mean, look at that Divinity 1 in 40. I like, I did, I could have got that cover. I didn't get it because I thought it was kind of ugly. I, I was not a fan of the art, and I think that was LaRosa, and I love LaRosa's art, but I just did not like that cover. Uh, and that one went crazy. You know, so it's 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 knowing how to collect if you're going to do it for the money. But if you're collecting it because you're doing it because you like the product, that's when it's worthwhile. And then when there ends up being money involved, also, it's like since I've gotten into collecting Uncanny X Men uh, and I've been getting a bunch of old issues, I'll be all excited. Show, I'll look at this. I got the first Gambit. I got a good deal on it. And of course, all my asshole friends are just like, I bought that off the newsstand. Yes. <laughs> it's because because you're old, so fuck you. But you're talking uh, about your friend from Hoboken, yes. Uh, okay. yeah, that's one of them. <laughs> He's been very good on the open bar podcast. By yeah, the way. he was very good. At <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so it's you know, it, like Aaron has this big collection of Uncanny X Men because he loves, or at least loved, because now he loves nothing. He loved Uncanny X Men, you know. Yeah. Uh, so he has the first appearance of Gambit that he bought for I don't know what it cost on a dollar. And now, you know, I bought it for whatever amount I bought it for, which I know I got a good deal on it, but it was a lot more than a dollar, you know? 
So it's it's like a perk when you do something because you love it, and then oh look at this, I love this, and it's worth money now. But when you do it because you're trying to get money out of shit that's not really worth money, it then it's just you get a bunch of stuff, and then you when you you stop loving it because you tied too much of the love that you had for it into supposed value that's not really there. Right. Yep. So I, I gotta say, there's a very smart comment from a gentleman in the chat who says, I think a full transition to trades would be a boon to the industry. You, sir, are a genius, partially because you're related to me. Um, But the reason I say that is, uh, so my brother reads a lot of uh, manga, and in in that world, I mean, that's pretty much how it's been for forever. You spend like, you know, six, seven bucks on a trade, and yeah, it's black and white, but it's a fucking trade. You get a full story. Um, and that worked, dude, you can buy manga on the streets all over the place in Japan and, you know, Southeast Asia for peanuts and get some hellaciously good story. Um, will that work here? Uh, probably not, but you know what? You're a smart man, sir. Good job, Jazek, whoever you might be. Here, here. Here, here. <laughs> yeah, that would take a big shift in the mentality of... You know, comics being a, a collecting hobby that's also entertainment, and it being just for entertainment, and the value just being a moot point. Um, and I think that that, I, that it would be—it's it, too harsh of a shift to just do it. You know, like you do that, and I see, like I would think that there would be a lot of repercussions, like a lot of comic shops going out of business, a lot of people getting disenchanted with with comics. Um, it'd be good in a lot of ways. I think what you were saying DC's talking about doing, Martin, I think that's a good thing where you start this shift, where they start doing, especially like you said, the smaller titles that, man, I would really rather get the story, and then if they don't publish another one, it's okay because I got the story, then have it mm-hmm. suddenly get the, the rug yanked out from under it. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Or for some, you know, some smaller publishers maybe to make a transition, like Black Mask, who can't seem to get their books out. Uh, okay, well, have the creators make a whole trade worth of books and then put them out because people that know who they are, like they, they dig the quality and they want the story. Uh, but most people don't know who they are because they're not consistently out there enough. Yep. Now people still buy floppies. Gonna... Yep. 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 So, yeah. How, what, what's, what's the average price of a, of a manga book, Julian? You just put that in chat. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty. It, it, it's got to be less than a trade, and I mean, you're, you're getting at least five issues worth of stuff in there. Yeah, you know. So t- speaking of manga, I've been reading Lone Wolf and Cub, which I really love. Um, there's not a lot of manga that I've read, and that's one of the few things. Um, the first way I read it was buying an omnibus that was like the size of a Stephen King trade paperback, you know, like pretty small. The cover price I think was like 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course I got it for like 13 cause I'm not dumb. Um, and it was, it was huge. It was, uh, I did a comics in black and white with Dennis on it and it was two trades plus two stories, basically two and a half trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also the, the trades, tend to, because I'm reading those digitally now, they tend to be just like four stories because each story, rather than being like a 20-page comic, is like, it ranges from like 40 to 90 pages. 
Well, and if I'm not mistaken, isn't Lone Wolf and Cub a smaller format? It's like six by eight, maybe. Uh, you probably no, can't it was originally it published in, in bigger format. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was actually I don't know like why the, I thought the, the trades were small. The the trades might be smaller. The omnibus is definitely smaller hmm. uh, because, like I said, it's like uh, a trade paperback. You know, like if you go to a bookstore and buy a ten dollars Stephen King book, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the original comics are actually, uh, I think they're a little bit bigger than normal comics. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm looking on on Amazon. It looks like the actual trades are seven inches tall. Looks like it's got to be less than six inches wide, maybe five even. Um, so those are, I mean, like that—that's that's about manga size, right? Julian, what's the dimension of a of a typical manga book? So he's saying they're about uh, eleven bucks at bookstores, nine online. Dude, I'll buy this shit out of some comics if I'm just buying trades for nine bucks a piece. You can't even do that hey, now. Hey, uh, like smaller publishers, like Aftershock's trades are like eighteen, nineteen dollars. Yeah, see, that's one thing with the trade industry, I guess, right now is, uh, man, some of the the pricing structure is just really shitty. I um, IDW is like that. It's like eighteen dollars for a four issue trade with IDW. At least with I know, like with Ninja Turtles and stuff. And that's one of my rules with trades. Like, I will not pay more. Than the accumulated cover price for a trade, and I really expect to pay less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and trades get treated as books, so you can usually find discounts on them somewhere. Um, and that just like that, that once again goes to kind of hurt comic shops. Like, I don't want to go buy a trade for my comic shop because I could get it for cheaper so easily, so many other places, you know? All right, so Julian says manga uh, trades are seven and a half by five and a half. I think that that's about right. Um, I, I don't know, like that would work, that would not work out very well for a lot of people, I think, um, unless you're used to reading, uh, manga or some other like smaller, t- I don't, I don't know, books that come out in smaller format. Um, cause generally books that come out in the U S I mean, they're, they're about a standard sheet of paper, right? What are they like? 10 by eight? Um, it, it's a little smaller. Yeah. yeah it's it's considerably smaller. bigger than a, than a, than a manga book. So. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think you're right. Like, to go back to your point, Duan, once people like us are not the main market for these books, uh, then it's probably not going to make a difference. I mean, by then, there might not even be any fucking books. You know what I mean? It might just all be digital. For a period. For a period, Martin. But then it'll go back to like, uh, like uh, wax music is now to where people go away from it. So, you know... Music goes all digital and blah 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 to where people say, "Well, the sound is not the same as wax is." Let's go back to wax, and then stores mm-hmm. start selling old, you know, disc for thirty dollars, forty dollars a piece. But you got to go through that down period, like you're saying. It's got to go yeah. to a period where so, us so we, dinosaurs we just, just die out. We just got to wait for the hipsters. Hipsters are going to save comics. Damn, you're right. Yep. You're right. Damn it. Either that or DJs will save comics. Oh, look. Sparky finally joined. Welcome aboard, Sparky. Uh, He's been running his fields, plowing, 
Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, don't say anything bad about Sparky. Sparky saved my life every open bar. Dude, Sparky, <laughs> man. Yeah, I know. He is the he, man. Yeah, he is the man. Yes. I've heard. Oh, Lord. Yes. I hey, love him. Let's, uh, how about, how about we wrap this up? Let's, let's give some stuff out. How about that? Great. Great. Okay. Uh, is is Dennis still on here? Or did he leave? Let's look. I think he might have left. He's cool. We can find him. I know he's it's, he's still in chat. Um, all right, Dennis, you need to pick a number between one and thirty-two, mm. and that's going to be the person that wins your copy of BH One XO number one. Okay. Dennis. Dennis, while, Dennis. while he's doing that, I'm going to go to uh, random.org and then uh, we'll try this. Alright, random.org. Let me copy everyone into a list. Oh, he, he did leave. Okay. Uh, Jay, that. Jay, he's your, your podcasting partner. Pick, uh, pick a number between 1 and 32 for him. Yeah, and then read ElfQuest so you guys can cover that book. No, <laughs> do not read ElfQuest. It will blind you. <laughs> it will blind you. I have to go to my obstetrician every day. It's so bad. Oh, so oh bad. come on now. Mm-hmm. Really? Are you it's sure you're so not bad. talking about Poison Elf? Uh, poison Elf's there? I'm talking about Poison Elf. Yes, I am. Oh, yeah. Okay. All the elves. Anything, elf, anything Elf's, I'm just blinded by is the elf quest is like uh, if you took poison elves and then like turn them into Smurfs? I read that. You said that to me, Paul. I read that last night. Now that you said it, I did. Read it. it was like a My Little Ponies compared to. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was wordy, but it wasn't bad. All right. I read it. JPEG number fourteen. Fourteen is Slick GL. So whoever Slick GL was on Twitch, you will receive. X-Men or whatever that, one. That's me. That sounds like a stripper name. That oh, that's like you? Oh, we yeah. can't do that. Shame on you, Jay. You pick Paul. <laughs> Jay, pick another number. Uh, while Is that he's your doing name, that, Paul? Yeah, well, that's... I don't, I don't know what the hell that pulled that from, but I logged in with Facebook, so I don't know where it got that from, but... Huh. That's, uh... And it, it comes from a Christian punk band, actually. Slick Shoes. Oh. Hmm. Okay, well, I was gonna say something crazy, but now I can't say anything crazy now. Yeah, you just why you being an asshole, Dwan? <laughs> you know, I learned from the best, you know. Yeah, you did. Twenty-seven, twenty-seven. If Jeff, Jeff, well, I, I'm gonna say Bone, but it might be Bond. I don't know. So Jeff, Jeff is the winner of the Exo Man Award number one. Yay, Jeff! So, um, how are we gonna do this? Easiest thing Make to do look. is probably to message me. Uh, best thing to do that is going to be uh, Twitter at Geekvine or at Valiant underscore Central. Because uh, if you do it on Facebook, you might not get a reply for a couple weeks. I don't know. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's do. Uh, let's give some other stuff away. Yes. Paul, pick a number between 1 and 32. That is not 14. Paul's going to pick 69. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will pick 19. All right, 19. And, and I'll let you select the prize. Is this going to be uh, for the Rye Gold, the Exo Print signed, the uh, Bloodshot Reborn Print signed, or the Exo Deluxe Edition? 
It's going to be for the EXO Deluxe Edition. All right, EXO Deluxe Edition. And you said what number? Uh, 19. Number 19. Number 19 is Carcosa. Carcosa, you are the winner of EXO Manowar Deluxe Edition, Volume 1. Yay! Sitting over here somewhere. This one. That's right. This Good one. job. So in the mail, you will receive the box top that supposedly contained the Exo Man of War hardcover. Yeah, you know, I, I quit. No, I quit going to that uh, that place, by the way, because um, there was like three people that never got their uh, their their database books, and I sent like three fucking copies. So I just ended up going to the the post office down like thirty minutes away in town. Uh, in Hoboken. In Hoboken. No, you can't go to Hoboken. <laughs> Those people put drugs in your mail. You gotta watch out. All right. Anyways, so Carcosa, you 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 won that. I think I know who that is. I think he talks to me on Twitter. So uh, tweet at me and uh, send me your address. I'll get that to you. All right. Let's do another number. Dewan, you can pick the next number. Eight. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight is Seneca Seneca 19. That's, that's me. One. I can't pick myself. I can't pick myself. Is that you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. Oh, you I son of a bitch. Myself. Some of a bitch. All right, let me remove you. All right, pick another number. Let's do seven. Number seven. Seven. Do I, do I want to send him this book? Oh wait, you got you got you got to you got to pick the prize. You got to pick the prize. Rise Era Bloodshed Reborn print, Examanor print signed. Oh, oh Rise Zero all the way, all Ry- the way. Rise Zero. No, it's not a Rise Zero. It's a Rise Number One Gold. Yeah, still, we'll do that. Shit. that? Yeah. All right, all right, we're going with that. Yeah, Garrett, you're the winner. Yay! <laughs> Garrett's the man. Uh, He's, uh, man. He's Garrett, a good dude. Garrett's a good dude. He's a party animal. Send me He's your address, Garrett. Uh, Alright, I got two more. Paul, you can pick the next one. Alright, we're going to pick 27. Mm. Hold on, let me make sure I deleted this one. That's going to move everybody up. That's Colin Kaepernick's oh, number. Uh, twenty J pick twenty seven. No, you already, already picked twenty seven. Yep. Damn it! No wonder it sounded familiar. Well, I mean I that, bump, that bumps twenty eight down to twenty seven because I deleted twenty seven. Yeah, we'll go with that. That's fine. All right. There you go. The person with the best name in chat, who should have automatically won a prize. Automatic. Damn it. Automatic. Uh, Paul, what what's the prize? Is he getting the? The bloodshot print. Uh, Garrett loses his prize because he wasn't paying attention, so we're going to give that to somebody else. All right, so this one. No, 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 no. Bloodshot Reborn, Emerald City Comic Con print signed by Jeff Lemire goes to NES Master 80. Congratulations. Oh, oh the best name. The best name. So I'm far. telling you. The best name. Best All right, NES Master 80. Uh, tweet at me if you don't have Twitter. Um, you know what? If you don't, If you don't have Twitter... You can email the, uh, the, the 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 podcast email address. I do I do look at that. It's uh, nerdlegion at gmail dot com. There's a value central one, but I've never used it, and I don't even know what it is. So uh, just do that. <laughs> nerdlegion at gmail dot com. All right, cool. 
That means we have one more. The final one is uh, Examana War Print, signed by uh, Reber, Venditti, and Luis La Rosa, exclusive to SC Comic Con. All right. Dewan, you pick a number. Let's see who the five. final person is. Five. Number five. All right. It, it, is my brother still eligible to burn prizes? I Maybe mean, I should have asked this before you picked this number, but... <laughs> Why not? Damn it. All right. Congratulations, Julian. You win. And if, you, if I already sent you one of these, let me know. <laughs> you might already have it. Uh, so, Julian, uh, you have my personal number. You can contact me that way. <laughs> if... If he has it, go with 21. If he has it, go with 21. That's All, right, wait. All right, Julian, you're in chat. Did you Have you received this? I don't... Was he, he might have even been there. This, no, this somebody is, said it's rigged. Somebody said it's rigged. That's yeah, Julian said, said it's that. rigged. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll talk to him about that after. Uh, so for people that didn't win, that's cool. Uh, this was actually super fun, so I'll, I'll give something out again next week. Um, if, if we do this live again next week, we'll leave that up to Paul. Um, but th- this is pretty fun. You know what, Paul? We should just do this live every week because it's kind of fun to do with people just chatting in the background. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I said that every time we did it live before. All right, cool. So join us next Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, unless uh, check the Twitter in case we change that. But most likely. <laughs> Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern. What, what's what's the date on that, Paul? August, August second. No, that's a Wednesday. Yeah, or, or the first. No. All right, Tuesday, August first, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, whatever that is. Any other time zone? Um, that's it. We're done. Paul's at his Paul. Peace. Dewan is at Collect Valiant. Bro, where's Collecting Valiant at? Hey. Don't talk about that. We, we we got some internal discussions going on. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm at Geekvine. We're at Valiant underscore Central. And uh, check out all the uh, other random-ass shows on the network where we talk about all kinds of different comics. I think we're done. We're switching up the live yes. stream. Yes.